Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, assume positive intent. Here we go. Folks, if you'll pardon us a brief promotion, the podcasts are free because this is a for-profit company that supports the podcast. We intend to keep doing the free podcast as long as we're alive. And uh, the mission of the company is to make every manager in the world effective. And the way we fund this dream is through our paid products, through our conferences and through our licenses and so on. If you're not a paid licensee or have not attended a conference or bought one of our products, we encourage you to come to the website and, and learn about those to help support the growth of our podcast past even 200 million downloads. Thanks. Come check it out. Okay, Mark, I think we're going to talk later on about this podcast, not not being as actionable as we probably like, but I told you earlier, I, I think this is just a huge, huge issue for folks. I mean, a lot of managers spend a lot of time worrying about why their directs are doing what they're doing, right? And they figure right. if they can understand the rationale, man, this is a, that's a fool's hope, then they can be more persuasive getting them to change. And Man, yeah, it, no. it doesn't work. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when you were saying that, I was thinking, how many conversations have you and I had where it says, well, somebody did this. Why would they do that? It, it's almost reflexive to say, why would they do that? I mean, you say, I can't picture myself doing that. So you immediately then go, well, I have to guess at what they might have been thinking to justify something that I find so difficult to comprehend or abhorrent or stupid or whatever. Therein lies the problem. Yeah, right? exactly. Therein lies the problem. And if, you, if you're familiar with DISC folks or you, you don't know about DISC, you need to find out about it because you'll find that trying to get in other people's heads when yeah, you're different, mm, yeah, doesn't, no. doesn't work. So uh, you're right. And this is a little less. We have a little bit of actionable guidance, but it's such a fundamental cast. Uh, I felt it was worthwhile putting out. So we've got five points to make. First of all, folks, assume positive intent when you're thinking about your direct's behavior because it's true. <laughs> the second thing is, even if it isn't true, you wouldn't be able to win the argument that they were intending to do something evil. Part of that is because guessing other people's intent correctly is nearly impossible because, as Mike said, depends on who they are and who you are. The key is to say to yourself, okay, they meant well and it went wrong. And if that sounds like forgiveness, by the way, it is. Uh, and then our last point, which is old news, but we're going to recommend for the billionth time you focus on behavior. Okay. So let's, let's talk about positive intent. Do you, do you um, I guess you'd agree, <laughs> like, like people don't go around making right. mistakes yeah. on purpose. Their, their mission in life is not to make your life as a manager difficult. Yeah. The simplest reason in the world to assume that others act with positive intent is because it's almost universally true. I mean, think about it, folks. When was the last time you acted with malice towards your own or your organization's goals? When was the last time you said to yourself, I really want to screw things up for me or for my boss or my company, and here I go, I'm doing it. And most people probably can't remember last time they thought right. that way. Right? Or, or they're, they're pretty sure they never did it, right? Yeah. I've alluded to this probably a hundred times, the issue of how we see our directs and why we can't seem to get into our heads that our boss probably sees us that way. Or how we see our boss is probably how our directs see us. And they're like, no, I see my boss with clear eye, but my people love me, right? No, that's probably not, it's probably not true. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't pass the common sense test. So the idea that you've never done it, you've never intentionally done harm, 
but that somebody else does is ludicrous. If it's true that you've never done any harm, what makes you the only perfect angel of goodness out there? Nothing shows that to be true. But look, ask yourself a dis different question. How many mistakes have I made this week or this month? It doesn't take long before it's too many to count. So if you were making all these mistakes and you were your own boss, would you spend a lot of time wondering and worrying why you did what you did? No, you wouldn't. You know you meant well every time, as does everyone else, because everyone almost always acts with positive intent. They mean well. They don't intentionally make mistakes. They thought they were doing the right thing. They thought that they were doing would get them in the right direction, and it didn't. It led in the wrong way. They thought that putting A, prioritizing A over B was the right thing to do, maybe because they got their priorities confused, but they worked on A rather than B when, in fact, in hindsight, it should have been pretty clear that B was most important. But they didn't say, I'm going to screw B on purpose. They don't. They do what seems reasonable and logical and probably self-rewarding. And sometimes there's a difference between what the rewards they get versus what the rewards the organization get. But they don't set out intentionally to harm or to put the organization on its heels or in the wrong direction. Everyone almost always acts with positive intent. Okay? So the thing that we've learned is the release of your suspicions about what it, why people do things they do, what, what secretly are they trying to get done, how are they scheming, that release of that, of, of, of we'll talk about forgiveness later, will be absolutely liberating. Absolutely. Stop seeing everyone as potentially acting against you and forgive them. Look, recognize now, guys, mistakes aren't evil. They're not cleverly hatched plans to do you in. They're just mistakes, like you make all the time while you are trying to do your best and unfortunately fall prey to that terrible thing called humanity where, you know what, you're not a god, you're just a human being and you're going to make mistakes, well-intentioned mistakes. And so all that frustration, all that anger you've got, all that wondering why, let it all go. It's not helpful. It's not healthful either. And frankly, you're not going to be any good at it for a number of reasons, which we should cover now. <laughs> okay. Well, look, I'm the high C here, right? I'm into the yeah. details and logic. I'm probably probably more susceptible to this problem than you are because I, I want to understand everything, right? I, I, right? I need to understand. It drives me crazy. If you can get to the root cause, then. Right. Then I can help them see the errors of their ways, right? Yeah, they can exactly. Change their behavior because I've helped modify their thinking. Yeah. Right. Well, that doesn't often. Work. Yeah. 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 So I want to understand. So you got to admit, this is a possibility. What, what if I'm right? What about, what if they did, what if they did act with dishonorable intent, right? That they maliciously sabotage, you know, a project that I had going on or they actively right. tried to thwart right. some efforts. Yeah. I was, I was ongoing, you know, shouldn't I want to get into the bottom of it and address that particular issue? Yeah. So, Let's agree that this does happen, and it's incredibly rare. Um, and we're going to discuss how to cover it past just this thought experiment you're suggesting here um, in some other podcast, um, because, yeah, those people need to be gotten rid of if they're acting maliciously. That said, okay, so I'll take your thought experiment. Let's suppose you confronted them, right? You're okay. their boss, right? You're talking to your direct, 
and you go up to that guy and you say, I know what you're thinking. I know you meant for that to go poorly. You're working against me, aren't you? There you go. Right? I mean, yeah. look, it is primi facie. From, from the facts, it's so obvious that any idiot would draw the same conclusion. And in fact, I would argue that, yes, there are situations like that where there's no question. The only way someone could have chosen that particular behavior, like sticking, you know, taking a hammer and crushing the plate and glass on the, on the copier the night before a big presentation or something, I don't know, that you think any reasonable person would draw the same conclusion you did, that, that it wasn't just that they were well-intentioned, but in order to do what they did, it was malicious. And you say, hey, I, I, I'm confronting you now. You're working against me. But guys, surely you can guess what the mean-spirited, the person who's willing to act maliciously against you, you know if they're willing to do that, what they're going to say, right? She knows you can't see into her head, Mike. She knows you don't know her motivations. So she does what anyone who would have such intents would do. If they're willing to be malicious, they're willing to lie. Oh, okay. And she says her motives were pure. Yeah. <laughs> what so am, what am says, I going to say? She says, right. I, didn't, I didn't mean, no, I'm not actively, no, I'm not actively working against you. How, how could you possibly, you're, you're suggesting I'm unprofessional. I can't, I can't even finish a sentence right now. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm embarrassed. I'm outraged. This is why so many conversations in so many political capitals of the world fail because the person accusing or attacking the other person attacks their motives. And they're saying, I can't believe you would say that about me. Right. And they make the mistake of getting away from the facts, getting away from the behavior, getting away from the statements, and they go into the person's head. And what are you going to say to her when she says, no, I didn't mean that? You're going to say, yes, you are? Do you really doubt she's going to say right back to you, no, I'm not? Yes, yes you, you are. are. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, like, just, now we have two 12-year-olds. There you go. <laughs> you can't win an argument with someone about their motivations because you can't prove what their motivations are and they can lie about them with impunity and anybody with questionable motivations is going to be willing to lie about them. So don't try. You can't win the argument. It's a special rule for a special realm of the incredible gift of consciousness we're given that there is an internal world that no one gets to truly quote, no, unquote. And then there's the external expression of our internal world, which everyone else gets to know. And that's why we say spend a lot of time with someone when you interview to give them enough time for those internal motivations to potentially come out in the form of behavior. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why, and we come back to it at the end, why we focus on behavior. We don't talk about intent motivations. That's one of the reasons why so many feedback models in the corporate world and in the professional world today fail miserably because they sit down and want to have a discussion with the direct about why they did what they did. Right. And the direct, first of all, will shade that discussion and the manager will draw all kinds of conclusions that are false. They imply that every person will be 100% truthful with their boss who controls their addiction to food, clothing, and shelter. It is ludicrous. It is ludicrous. I, I can't tell you the number of times people are put in situations and they know they can, they can say something that's not false at all. It's technically true, but it's not completely true. 
and it allows them to have a conversation with their boss and their boss draws the wrong conclusion. I mean, the idea that a person who has power over another should assume that everything that person tells them is not just the truth, but the pure truth with all risk that's associated with truth. The idea of that is ludicrous. And I don't think that makes us cynical at all. I think it makes us understand the difference between the internal world of our emotional and spiritual and mental lives and the external world, the world of behavior. Well, and of course, I'm the exception. I am so good at guessing other people's intents. I am a mind reader. Yeah, right. As my wife would often say, I yeah. try to do, right? Yeah. And I found uh, I'm not real good at that. Yeah. No, nobody is. Um, this is a revelation to me when I first learned it from, from this 25 years ago. Just because somebody is doing what you would do doesn't mean they have the same intent as you when you do it. Just because someone is doing something you wouldn't to do doesn't mean they would have the motivation you would have to have in order to do that thing. The only people who do the same things as you for the same reasons are those with very similar behavioral tendencies to you. And that's like 25% maybe of the world, depending upon where you sit on the disc profile model. So I have an example that Mike and I like to use, and it makes me look bad, but it's true. And I'm trying really hard this year to be candid about my weaknesses, um, one of which I know is arrogance. Here's a, a great example. A big spreadsheet comes into Manager Tools. Maybe it came from Tracy, our finance person, who's fabulous, by the way, or maybe it came from a client. It's one that requires both Mike and I to look at and to draw some inferences and some conclusions about the data in it. And Mike and I, because of our roles, we feel obligated to spend time to do some analysis, to do some review, to be prepared to discuss it. Uh, we both spend two hours on it. Same spreadsheet, both of us with similar needs from it. In other words, we're looking at it for basically the same reasons because we have similar roles as owners of manager tools. And guys, by the way, I'm not, I, I don't want to make this about us, but this is a perfect example because we're two people that many of you know, uh, and you know what our proclivities, proclivities are in terms of I tend to be a high-level guy and Mike tends to be more down in the weeds, uh, which has saved us more than once, by the way. But our motivations during the two hours we're going to spend with this pro spreadsheet that's identical for both of us couldn't be more different. The moment I open it, I'm looking for easy answers. I'm thinking, what's the one number in all of this that really matters to me? I spend most of my time, 80% probably, on the first tab because in my head, guys, what idiot would bury important stuff on the eighth tab? I'm asking if the fundamental reasons for putting the document together was aligned with what it was supposed to show. I'm asking a 30,000 foot question. Or is this document just designed to make me say yes? I'm analyzing it. Look, I can look at the numbers. I can see relationships, but I'm kind of hating it. Mike, on the other hand, doing the same task is quite happy during his two hours. I'm hating it. He's happy. The first thing he did, guys, was make a copy. So whatever manipulation he knew he was going to do wouldn't be to the original. The second thing he did was go through and look for hidden tabs. There were some. I didn't even know there were. He unhides them. 
he wants to know that the underlying data have validity. So he'll check a couple of columns against data he has somewhere on his petabyte RAID array hard drive there in the office. He then goes through each tab at a high level, analyzing the logic of the work to make sure it's sound. On one page, he notes he'll have to set up a pivot table to really know that the cause and effect we're seeing are legitimate, whether it's just a post hoc error or proctor hoc error. To Mike, accuracy is important. To me, getting to the goal is all that matters. Now, Mike agrees getting to the goal matters, but he would not say it's all that matters. Again, we would both say, I just spent two hours analyzing this spreadsheet. We had a different emotional state, a different spiritual state, a different analytical state, a different goal state, a different drive state. Okay. If I were like most managers and Mike worked for me, I would see all of his actions around the spreadsheet through the prism of my intent with that spreadsheet. In other words, let's get the high-level stuff clear, and then I'll assume everything else is done right. Otherwise, why would you be using a spreadsheet? It's supposed to add up, okay? If I started to attack his intent because he made a mistake in it, we'd quickly get crosswise because he would be like, well, no, why are you saying that I was skimming across the top? I spent two hours in the weeds on this thing. I really don't even feel two hours was enough, whereas in my head, two hours is too much. In this situation, if I attacked what he had done based on intent, he'd be offended because I had fundamentally mischaracterized his mindset. Guys, this is where the whole unfairness problem, one of the places that unfairness becomes a huge issue in managing when directs say my boss is unfair. Directs often describes managers as unfair for this reason. Managers are wrong about the direct's motivations and cite them as why the direct failed. But the manager, all he or she is doing is saying, in order for me to do what you did, I would have had to think or feel X. So then I say, Mike, when you think or feel X and then this comes out of it, that's not good. And Mike's like, but that's not what. And then I would say, because I'm frustrated, hey, look, I made my point. And the direct walks away saying, that's unfair. He suggested it was because I was sloppy with my analysis and I wasn't. And I'm thinking the only way we could have come out with this is he was sloppy when in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. Guys, you're going to be right guessing at someone's intent or motivations or even mental state in general so rarely that it's not worth the heartache. And if you're getting people telling you that you're unfair to them, this could very well be where it's coming from. Yeah, no doubt. I've had the same experience you have. So many times it's, it's, it's hard to count. Yeah, exactly. And guys, I've seen thousands of managers say, I mean, they literally say to me, well, any idiot knows you do X. I said, no, no, actually, there's about 17 different ways to skin that cat, dude. And you just described that everybody's an idiot, except if they do it your way. But dude, you don't want to try to make everybody you because everybody's not you and to make everybody you if they're not you is a lot of work. You let everybody be themselves. And you help them get the result that the organization needs. That's why the first rule of management is know your people. Yeah. Everybody in your organization, I'll say all your directs, they, they attack problems the same way you do. Mm. You have a problem. You got a creativity problem. You know, in the last 20, oh shoot, last 30 years, I've gotten one negative comment during a review. One. 
and it wasn't even in writing. I had to push for it. And I think I told you this before. Yeah. I, I pushed Mike Callahan at one point, like, tell me, what, what can I improve on? And he hesitated and he goes, well, Mike, everybody you hire is just like you. Yeah. Yeah, and so some, sometimes we, we, we exhibit hiring practices to cause this issue to go away to some, to some extent. Yeah. But that's not useful because now, not useful. now, you're, now you're missing the, the other 17 approaches. And yeah. one of them might be better than yours. And you're trying to make simple the most important thing, which is know your people. And you're saying, I'm going to make that simple by assuming it away, by saying everybody's like me by hiring a bunch of people there like me. Go. Yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah. smart. Not smart. So what do we do? I mean, how do, how do we how do we stop ourselves from falling into this this hole? Yeah. Well, it helps to be spiritually and emotionally mature um, okay. to be able to say to yourself, "Hey, they meant well and it went wrong." There's a lot of you. I think the high Ds and the high Is probably probably quick to anger a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you'll you'll naturally struggle with, you know, the first thing you'll say, like we talked about earlier, why would they do that? Right. And the moment you say why you're doomed, you're doomed. You're, you're getting into their headset, right? You're getting into their mindset. We had to do a thing between you and I, because folks, we fall into this trap all the time. You and I, like we ought to put like $5 into a, like a, a can every time we fall into this and we can, we could probably fund our retirement. Oh yeah, we way. could. <laughs> yeah. That's how we fund our retirement. Yeah. Plan. And the key is for us to do it with each other rather than with those yes, who work oh, for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And folks, maybe even step one on this before saying to yourself that meant well is just start paying attention to how often you wonder what your directs are thinking and feeling and why they're doing what they're doing. So look, when your directs screw up, don't guess at their motivation. Assume they intended a positive outcome. Say to yourself, oh, well, they meant well, and it went wrong. Okay. Or he did his best, but his best wasn't good enough this time. Or he thought X, turned out that wasn't true, but his actions made sense in light of that. Okay. Now, I mentioned this before. If that sounds forgiving, well, it is. But guys, think for a moment about what the other choice means about not being forgiving. What are you going to do? Hold on to the disappointment of direct's mistake? Most of the managers I talk to think their directs make far too many mistakes as it is. I mean, how much negativity can you actually hold on to as a manager before you become cynical? Oh, no, wait. Maybe that's why all the managers in the world tend to become so cynical if they're not doing it the right way because they just carry around all this frustration because they can't forgive their directs for stuff that they darn well expect their boss to forgive them for, right? Yeah. And yeah, technically you're responsible for what your team does, but responsibility doesn't imply carried around guilt, okay? Because if you're gonna be effective tomorrow, but all you're doing is loading up your guilt bucket today, pretty soon all you're gonna do is be carrying around that guilt bucket. As Jimmy Buffett says, breathe in, breathe out, move on. And look, I do also want to say this because I know there's 10% of you out there that are listening are going, yeah, but, you know, sometimes they actually are mean-spirited. So, guys, for those rare few for whom the statement, hey, they meant well and it went wrong, is not true. In other words, they didn't mean well. Say it anyway in the beginning. Don't jump right to the ultimate negative, which is they are aligned against you. If they are aligned against you, focus on behavior, as we'll talk about here in a second. And at some point, there'll be so much other information available for you, you still won't have to attack their motivations. Their behaviors will simply create a miasma that they're in. 
that you'll have all you'll need to get rid of them. And frankly, we would recommend you would get rid of them if you if you are certain that they are aligned against you. But remember something: you never see their motivation. That's right. Yeah, you might get rid of them for being aligned against you, but yeah. when you do get rid of them, it's going to be because of the behavior. The behaviors, exactly. Now, if they're stupid enough to send an email saying, "I'm going to thwart this boss's every effort for the rest of my life because I hate him." And then they use a racial or gender slur. You can fire them for that today if you well, like. Yeah, lucky That's you. That's fine. Yeah. Lucky <laughs> you. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't happen that easily. Which reminds me yet again to tell everyone: please understand that all of your email is corporate property. It's not your private property. You mean somebody could be reading my email? Oh, I yeah. can't believe that. Yeah, in fact, they are. But that's a whole other. That's another podcast. Let's get to the real meat of this. And we've talked about this a million times. We talked about it once, which is focusing on behavior. Behavior is all that matters. Yeah. A great attitude without behavior is worthless. And what's funny is it's not even possible when most people really think about it. A great mindset from a direct isn't worth a flip, nor is creativity without behavior to make them real. Behavior turns the mental, emotional, spiritual, creative, intelligential, and strategic into value, which in manager world is results. And it can't be argued. It's simply the synchronon of managerial focus. It's all about behavior. Organizations produce results, which are nothing more than the aggregated behaviors of all of the individuals in the organization. And it'd be great if we could change people's attitudes. And in fact, transformational leaders do. And there's ways of doing that, although they're hard, hard, hard to teach. And you may want to get there and skip the managerial part. We would advise against that because if you try to do it, the chances that you get it right the first time, if you don't understand the behavioral piece connection to it, the chances are one in a billion. And you know, you might get lucky. You take a billion swings at it, one of them you're gonna connect, maybe. Yeah. If somebody else doesn't get two in their lifetime and take one of yours. That's it. So uh, you were right. It's less actionable, but it is at the core of everything that relates to what we do. Assume positive intent because it's true. Even if it isn't, you won't be able to win the argument. Guessing other people's intent is impossible, frankly. So tell yourself they meant well and it didn't go well and forgive them. That'll make you feel better and focus on behavior. Guys, you don't have to be psychologists, which is good because you're not a psychologist. We're responsible for results, not motivation. We're responsible for adults, not children. <laughs> Remember that all motivation is self-motivation. You can't motivate other people and worrying about their motivation is tricky and wasted. There you go. Thanks, my friend. Anytime, partner. That was a ball. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, stay positive. See you.